Welcome to The Creator's Playbook, the podcast that inspires storytelling for artists and writers. My name is Steven. And I'm Sarah. And today we have a fun episode today because we're going to pretty much the classic of classics. We're talking about princesses. <laughs> My favorite. Yay! Well, at least the stuff of girls' dreams. <laughs> I think there are many people uh, who have this dream primarily because... It's everywhere. It I, it consumes a lot of media, not going to lie. So we will get into it here in just a second. Princesses is such a huge theme, and I think part of that is because of pop culture. I think there's two sides of it. We have pop culture, and then we have real culture, and the theme of princesses is really hot in the news right now. Where's your mind at on this whole subject, Sarah? I don't know if we should even go there. (laughs) We don't have to go into it. Let's not go there, because I've been following- I, I follow royal news- to be honest, and I watch a lot of YouTube to keep up on the gossip. Um, oh, and it's ever changing. Oh, like it and, keeps and on so, going. Oh, it does. And so it's probably best that I keep my opinions to myself <laughs> in this area. But needless to say, it, it is a fun topic, and there's a lot to discuss. Oh, on, for sure. Um, you know, there, there's the fairy tale aspect. You know, the uh-huh. Disney princess. You go and you meet your favorite princesses, and you sing along with the songs, and that's a lot of fun. I know it is fun. And then there's like the the fact that there's still royalty now in the 21st century. I think it's just amazing. It's like so. There's a lot of. Isn't talk that on, interesting though? Um, like the, the way that you can compare like mm-hmm. pop culture royalty to real life royalty. There's a lot of things that like cross over, and then there's some things that are completely different. Oh yeah. Like, there's no magic in real life, which is a total shame. Uh, don't ruin my day, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's magic of the imagination, so we can go with that. Uh, and that's what we spin every single day. Um, but there's also, like, the princesses in video games. There are princesses yes, in, like in Zelda. books. Oh, Princess Zelda is definitely one of my all-time Not favorites. Not to be confused with Link. Um, princess Peach, who's a very different princess from Princess Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's really endless. And I think the thing that fascinates me the most and what I really want to get into in today's episode is what is the role that the princess plays in storytelling, both as a character, but also the mantle that they wear. And this is where it gets interesting because there are different theologies and methods to seeing royalty and something like a princess's position in storytelling. If we were to dip into Star Wars for a second, uh, Queen Amidala uh, yeah. you, you know, she's elected a queen. She wasn't born a queen, mm-hmm. um, which is why her character changes over time because she's she, no longer queen. And then she got to wear a stunning outfit every single scene. Oh my! Regardless my. of whether or not it was practical, but there were some really <laughs> None good costumes. Of those were practical. <laughs> they were cool though. They were cool. They, they were not practical. Um, <laughs> and then you have the simple yet heroic Princess Leia that follows in her footsteps. Right, but you know Leia's role as a princess is very different than I think um, mm. Amidala's role is as. Well, she's a, a warrior princess, a mm-hmm. leader. Even right. I mean, yeah. Whereas Amidala becomes more of a political princess. Mm-hmm. So, but I think in terms of the role in stories, and I think it really comes down to like different factors such as where are they in the birth order? Mm-hmm. Um, are they firstborn? Do they have to prepare for the mantle of mm-hmm. queenship? 
or, you know, monarchy? Or is she a younger sister and she has to be married off? Does she want to get married off? Does she want to find a prince and go rule in another kingdom? I I think there's a lot of factors to come into play in terms of Mm -hmm. the usefulness. Or maybe it's a situation where the princess doesn't feel so useful and she is trying to discover who she is and what she can bring to her life and to those around her. Yeah. And I think that those stories are very interesting as well, because that's where you get to see the princess as a normal person who is expected to be something more, but mm-hmm. all of the more type positions are already filled by everybody else. Yeah. And so she's, she's still, just there. She still has to prepare and she still yeah. has to learn all the rules and the diplomacy. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, is there a chance for a normal life? Does she want a normal life? Or is there a situation where can she possibly step down, give up her title so that she could live normally if she wanted to? Because that's not a thing that's so much explored when it comes to like fairy tales or fiction. Um, I wonder if we might end up exploring that today because you just said that. (laughs) Oh, I know. But like thinking about- Will will that um, one sentence influence our whole story today? (laughs) Yeah. But it is a real topic, you know, and that's, you know, part of the current events right now of certain topics Mm -hmm. um what's the value of a royal title what's the is there a benefit to it or in circumstances should a royal title be given up well and we have seen examples in the real world where royal titles have been taken yeah um, and removed from people which is another possibility that might happen (laughs) which which which, (laughs) (laughs) but the thing that's interesting to me about all of that is that laugh for a lot of like a lot of the cases, you can only receive that title through birth, um, mm-hmm. and you can marry into it. But they're just as like readily, even though you might have the royal blood, you know, they can take it away from you. But yeah, can you overstep your boundaries and do things where, from a diplomatic standpoint, a political standpoint, mm-hmm. that it is needed to be taken away, or for someone who actually has integrity to be mm-hmm. willing to give it up for love, and for circumstance. Yeah. And I do have a very small list of the different roles that a princess can play and things that we've actually seen here in in our world, in the real life that we live. But I haven't watched The Crown, but I hear that The Crown has been very popular from Netflix. Yeah, I Um, haven't finished. I only got through a couple seasons before I gave mm -hmm. up Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I did see one scene that was posted on YouTube where Queen Elizabeth is talking to Charles and apparently he was supposed to deliver this message and he goes off script talking about his own issues and she gets like really mad at him and she's like, nobody cares what you think. Your Mm -hmm. role is literally the crown and that's it. Nobody cares about your personal opinion. And it's really interesting. Well, it should be stated that the the crown is loosely based on fact. It is fiction. So a lot of those scenes may or may not have really happened. Right, right. The crown as in the TV show, not the crown that that is the crown. Yeah, but there is a lot of expectations. And like Queen Elizabeth, she has led an exemplary life. And her service and her dedication and her sacrifice. Her dedication is is what's literally, wow. Yeah, I mean. It's hard to comprehend. I mm -hmm. don't think that there's any one person that can comprehend the life that she has lived. No, she's extraordinary. Mm -hmm. It will be interesting to see how things turn out. Yeah. And this is one of those where we're just observers. Only time can tell. But what's kind of interesting, the way that royalty exists today is that it's there 
but it doesn't necessarily have a huge influence. Not like it on, used to. Not like it used to. And I think no. a lot of the stories that you see, like in fantasy, all those kind of uh, royalty stories, it does have a lot more of an impact. But then again, when a lot of those were written, if you're talking like the Grimm brothers, the royalty mm-hmm. had a huge influence on yeah, everything that was happening. It was the system. Yeah, it was. So I was looking up what are some of the things that a princess may be responsible for. And here's a couple of things that I found. Um, okay. So the number one thing that is expected of a princess is that she should be an extension of charity. So mm. a lot of times she is the the person that will go out and actually give charity to those that are in need and mm-hmm. show the kindness of the throne. And so that that's one of the roles that we have seen. And <laughs> actually, now that I'm thinking about it, going back to the whole like storytelling, like movies, I'm now thinking about like Mia Thermopolis from Princess Diaries, oh. <laughs> you know, when that's she's like walking movie. in the parade, like giving mm-hmm. things out to people and whatnot. <laughs> That That's really what her role was, is mm-hmm. in the second movie, was to be the envoy of charity and to be a voice mm. for the people. So a couple of other things that I found is that the princess represents the royal throne. And in extension, she can also be an envoy for the throne, as in she can be sent off to deliver messages or to represent in place of the king or queen. And... I think what we see the most when it comes to stories or in history, the Mm -hmm. princess can be offered as a peace treaty. Now, this is one that I think is an interesting subject. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where where now you're looking at the princess does not have a choice. The the princess is literally being given. Even just uh, 100, 200 years ago, this is still the practice. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the royal family of England... They're thoroughly, their ancestry is all over Europe because of Mm -hmm. all the marriage treaties. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because it makes you wonder what the world would have looked like if any one of those princesses would have ran away or not fulfilled that responsibility. I'm not feeling it. I will not go there. I, we could be in a very different world. Yeah. uh, If, you know, with anything like that. Maybe in some parallel universe. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Um, hopping back over really quickly to Queen Elizabeth, just because I think she is so fascinating. Um, the, the last couple of points that I have here is her assistance in the war efforts. Mm, Um, so a princess, and this is probably seen a lot more in fantasy books where a princess will go to war with her people and represent Mm. that aspect of the throne. Yeah. Zelda from (laughs) Legend of Zelda, she's (laughs) gone to war and you're looking at princess, uh, princess Leia, princess Amidala, like they were really war veterans, and they were the generals that were calling the shots. Mm-hmm. If I understand correctly, Queen Elizabeth actually trained to drive uh, like trucks and stuff like that to yeah, help I with World so. War II. I believe she did, yeah. Which to me is just insane. I <laughs> And I think, and I, now I might be wrong on this too, I think when she, was it her wedding dress? Or I can't remember what it was, but she actually used, um, she used, oh, what is it called? The The little tickets or the... Where he had like food. rations, rations. Yeah, I think she rationed for. I don't know. if She rationed for fabric or what it was. Wow. I need. Okay, I feel like we need to. Look now I have that to look up. that up because I, I need to I look wanna... that up. Oh, I don't have my mouse working because of the way this is all plugged up. That might be like a, a post podcast, um, like <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. Let's see. What's Wedding dress, a princess Elizabeth was worn at her wedding. Da, 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 da. Given the rationing of clothing at the time, she still had to purchase the material using ration coupons. 
The dress wow. was designed by Norman Hartnell. So yeah, she used Russian. That's Russians. interesting. Mm-hmm. And those photos are famous, like her wedding. Mm-hmm. So wow, I wonder how many people helped her with that. Um, yeah, and of course now we're getting into like speculation territory. But yeah. even after World War II, where she did serve, and she's one of the few princesses that I know who's actually served in that capacity in modern day, at least. But even afterwards, her role switched back to the extension of charity. And she immediately went on tour to offer charity and help and aid and really hope. Like the the big thing, like for the role of the princess, especially in storytelling, is that they embody the hope of the people. Hmm. And so those were a couple of things that I found that I thought were really pretty interesting. And then it's interesting to see how different storytellers focus on each of those roles. So I do have a prompt that I wrote for today. What I want you to think about, Sarah, while we are going through this prompt is what is the role of the princess that we want to tell with this story or with this character that we're going to develop? I kind of want to dive into which of these things that we kind of found today do we want her to embody? Okay. Okay. The first thing that I need from you is uh, you get to name our princess. What's her name? Julia. Julia. Okay, so I have that right there. Let me go through and actually add her name in a couple of other spots. Princess Julia, so pretty. Alrighty, and then the last thing that I need is a small trinket or a keepsake. Mm. Something that you can fiddle with in your hands or keep in your pocket. Okay, I feel like a locket is too generic. Hmm. How about an hourglass? A tiny air oh, glass. interesting. Okay, 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 okay. I'm okay with that. Hopefully it doesn't break. True story. I had a time turner on my keychain that was glass and <laughs> got my car repaired and I got my keychain back and the hourglass was broken and all the little sands on the inside were not there anymore. So oh, I had to take the it magic's off. gone. And I got it at the King's Cross store in London. It was really special. Okay, let me quickly... Copy paste this into the story. I'm so sorry to hear about your your time turner. Yeah. I was sad, but you know, life goes on. It does. Okay, this is actually going to be really interesting because I think that this is going to shape a lot of the story. Okay. I am ready. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go. <clears throat> the morning drew over the valley. Small smoke pillars slowly began to seep high into the sky. A beautiful sight commonly seen in the early spring just before the summer sets in. Julia walked through the grove at the end of the shrine, her bare feet pressing into the soft dirt, slowly following the winding path of soft purple and pink flowers. Her breath caught as she looked at the horizon. She had walked this trail through the grove hundreds of times. She lost herself in a daze, watching the northern plains, A chirp in the distance caught her attention. A bird landed gracefully on the tree beyond the main gate. She breathed in deep, clutching a small hourglass in her pocket, glowing bright with light. Soft footsteps approached behind her. She squeezed her eyes shut, turning around. A train of ten servants addressed her with a quiet bow, standing two by two. A woman on the right held robes draped ornately across her arms, ready to adorn the princess with her authority. A man to the left held a small hourglass in his hand. 
He presented the small object to Julia and she took it gently, drawing the one out of her pocket and pressed the two together. Her small hourglass grew brightly while the new one rested dormant, no light, no warmth. She held them both tightly in her hand, trading her light to him while slipping the dull small hourglass that he gave her back into her pocket. She shook her head, turning back to the horizon, her robes now dressed across her shoulders, presenting her calling to no one but those that waited on her. She watched as the light of the dawn began to swell, causing the pink and purple flowers to change to soft blues and whites to mirror the sky above. Light from the sun finally broke, beams pouring through the tops of the mountains. The shrine to the west lit up with the sparkling gems embedded masterfully into the exquisite murals. This, she said, I will never forget this sight. She raised her hand in a circular motion while watching the valley. Her servants receded with a bow, leaving her to her final day. Hmm. Her final day? end. The final day? Her final day. Her final day of what? I don't know. I just wrote it. You get to tell me what the final day is. (laughs) Her final day of freedom? Her final day of freedom. I mean, that could very well be a choice. Um, She could be going to war. And who is this guy? That she linked hourglasses with. So he traded the hourglass that he had to her. But only hers lit up. Yes. And now she has a dull one. And so she gave the good one to him? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's sad. What kind of images does that like spur to you? What what does that make you think? I mean, it it, it depends on who this guy is. Mm Mm-hmm. Who is he? Well, he is one of her servants. We do know that for certain. Okay. Because I was hoping for something romantic. But I guess that's unless <laughs> unless she has a crush on her servant. Could be, but I think she seems a lot more melancholy right now. Oh. How old is she? Did we just establish that? We didn't give an age. Do you want to give her one? Yeah, let's make her an older princess. They're always so young. Of course, so older, older, I mean, older like as in uh, mid 20s, mid 30s, 27. Let's go, okay, let's go 27. I think 27 is a great age. I think that's very persuasion, Jane Austen. <laughs> Right. So do you think then that if if she has siblings, is she an older sibling? Is she the oldest? Is she the, the youngest or somebody in the middle? But mm. let's start painting this image of, of who. I think she should be a middle child. Okay. It's actually, I don't know why. It's kind of refreshing to start like <laughs> seeing a story with, with older characters like these. Yeah. Because usually it's like princesses are so young. Yeah. They're still teenagers. Mm-hmm. If not younger. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that we really know, we we have a couple of facts, is that she has an hourglass Mm -hmm. that she just traded for another hourglass. We we know that this is her last day there. For some reason, she is leaving. And we can go any direction with that. She she could be leaving for any reason. So again, the list that we're looking at is, is this an extension of charity? Is she leaving to represent the throne? Is she being offered as a peace treaty? Is she upholding the throne? Or is, is this some type of wartime effort? Okay. What if they're on the end of war? So this is more of a peace treaty. Hmm, and okay. it's a peace treaty. So let's just say, what if the hourglass was a weapon of sorts? Hmm, that okay. it, free- it froze time and it gave her kingdom the advantage during battles. And that's why it was lit up. So the servant ended up with the hourglass that was lit up? Yeah, yeah. And he gave her an empty one. Okay, now is this servant hers or mm-hmm. is he 
so he's not representing the other kingdom he at all. could be he could be um i the only thing that we know there is that there were 10 servants that were standing two by two okay so kind of like a train of servants that were that met with her and then left and there so, was nobody else present uh-uh no dignitaries so it could be he might have been a servant of a neighboring kingdom because that's a very important rule if that's the case. Yeah. If she's in the act of giving up her power, mm-hmm. that I don't know if it's really realistic for it to be trusted entirely to a servant. Oh, so this this character could be a higher rank is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I think I think this person needs to be a someone of much higher rank. And what if she deals with magic? Mm-hmm. And so um or some type of energy. Mhm. I do like the idea of magic though. I think magic is always just fun in these kind of stories. Yes, and it's a fairy tale of sorts. Mm-hmm. But it it does seem, especially now that you're saying that this might be a neighboring kingdom, mm-hmm. that makes this much more fascinating to me personally. I just assumed that they were her own servants. But what if a, a part of her finding the area beautiful is because she's been in such starkness for mm-hmm. so long and being the middle child at her age, what if one of the reasons why she's still single is because... The time for her came and went. What if this is like a 10-year war? So she was 17 when it started, and she's Hmm. 27 when it's finally ending. And so her whole life, she always imagined that she would be at a much different place by this point. Sure. But because of the battle and um, the contention between kingdoms, and I think it'd be more interesting, too, if it's not just these two kingdoms. Like, what if there are other kingdoms involved Mm-hmm. in terms of the conflict and loyalty. And she got caught up with it because she was working with the Grand Wizard, trying hmm. to find strategies in order to help give her side, her kingdom, an edge. Hmm. And that's where she came up with the hourglass. And the other kingdom, they were not able to employ this technique. Mm-hmm. And so it put them at an advantage in terms of being able to delay time or stop time or rewind time in order to review or repeat things in order to give them the advantage. I just got an interesting idea, kind of uh, really seeding off of what you're saying right here. What if the concept of, of her being magical, but people in this world, the gift of magical talent actually does occur throughout lots lots of people, but it's still a rarer gift mm-hmm. to be able to channel uh, energies and magical energies. And what if out of all the royal family, she's the only one and she's the middle child mm-hmm. who actually does have the gift to channel magic and energy. And so when this gift is is found in her, that could have completely changed the role that she was supposed to receive, which is probably more on the emissary side of things to much more strategy and tactic because yeah. now she's like a source of power for the royal family. And what if for some reason in most of the royal families, magic is much more void and is, is for some reason not really there. And so she's a little bit more of not necessarily an enigma, but there's something special about the fact that she does have it. But she's not necessarily special when you compare her to the rest of the world. She just she's happens just to be in a position of power and able to access this power. Right. So if she's been training in this And this is 10 years. Like, what if she even originally, um, because as a middle child, she would have been put in a position of having to marry a prince of another kingdom Mm -hmm. to strengthen relations, but they've been in war. And what if the prince that she was 
matchmate, um, <gasps> matchmate, but what if, oh, what's the word? <laughs> when, when unarranged marriage, that she had an arranged marriage situation going on where she was supposed to marry a prince from another kingdom. And they are part of the conflict and we're on opposing sides. And what if he ended up marrying another princess? Wait, I have an idea. I, I could see the prince marrying another princess, but okay. for, for a different reason. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. What do you think of this? She was arranged to be married, which okay. is pretty much like one of the few things that was kind of left for, for her and maybe her young, younger siblings going to the peace treaty. What if she was supposed to be married, but her kingdom discovered her magical ability and they nulled her marriage and that oh. caused the war. And so she was supposed to be married off to the kingdom. They said no because they found out that she had magical abilities. So it became more of a taboo thing or what? No, not taboo. They wanted her magic for their own. To use so her. To, to use, yeah, to keep her magic in their kingdom hmm. and not just give her away. She she suddenly became too valuable to simply give her away to another kingdom because of her magical powers. Okay. So so essentially like anybody can get magical powers. Like it doesn't matter ranking and it doesn't yeah. matter like any race, mm -hmm. any situation. But it just so happens because she is someone of uh premier importance. Right. Someone who is of a leadership situation. Mm -hmm. Her having magical powers. That that's a really great tactical. So if she was given to another kingdom, and you really think this other kingdom would have used it maliciously, or is it just more of a pet peeve or just a more like a self fulfillment of prophecy kind of I, thing where they I, I were <laughs> afraid of something happening and the act of fear is what actually caused it. But if they had gone along with it, just it honored would have been okay. the arranged marriage <laughs> yeah. that everything would have worked out. But because they were afraid, it was fear driven that broke off the marriage and then caused because i feel like there would have to be more involved though to cause a war like that that cannot be the only reason that it happened there has to be it, other this definitely things feels going like on. it's been simmering for a long time yeah and so that might have been the straw that broke the camel's back so sure. to speak yeah it, but i do think that the implications are very interesting because what if her own kingdom so say the king and queen her her parents what if mm -hmm. they didn't want her to be used against them? And mm. so they they called off the the marriage or called off the treaty. And that's real okay, I think you're right. I think that this has definitely been simmering, and it was her parents that called off the treaty in canceling the marriage. And the sad thing is, what if she really loved this guy? Mm -hmm. And so her heart's broken. And what if she's been hiding her magic for several years now? What if she knew? Because little things would happen. And well, I think it must be public knowledge that her magic exists. Well, it becomes public knowledge. What if it wasn't at first? And so what if her and the intended prince to be, what if they kept it a secret? And then there was some kind of incident where she had to expose her magical gifts. Okay, that's really cool. I'm, I'm going back to this, uh, the servant character that's okay. collecting the hourglass from her. What if that's the prince? From the neighboring kingdom. So we're just, no more, actually, no more servant, it's the prince. Right, right. I mean, but he, what, I think he's dressed as a servant. Oh, to, to be conspicuous. Conspicuous. There's a lot of things that he could be. Um, but what if she's actually been giving her magic to him, either to aid him in what he's doing or his part of the war? Because I, what if she, like you're saying, what if she does love him? 
Mm-hmm. But does he love her? That I don't know. I, mm. <laughs> whatever happens, this is not a Han situation. It, it, we're not going to no. be betrayed at True Love's Kiss. No. No. Then they're done that. We're done. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but that could be interesting because then she could be breaking, you know, trust uh, or on either side that she's actually giving her magic away. Mm-hmm. So are we then assuming that he never got married off? He's still single. What if he wasn't married off, right? Because this whole conflict started potentially a war between their two kingdoms, okay? I'm getting a little bit of an idea. I'm going to try and paint this scene. Okay. Because the the biggest thing, like we we know where we're at with with this being peace treaty slash like war, wartime, yeah. actions of wartime, right? And... We're trying to figure out why this is her last day. She okay. knows that it's her last day, right? Her so, last day of dot, dot, Something, dot. something. She clutched the new hourglass in her hand, holding it tight, watching over the valley. She knew, receding behind her, her servants that had been helping her this entire time. One of them was not one of her servants, but a servant from the prince from her neighboring kingdom who had snuck in to pretend to be one of her servants now for these last three years. This entire time she had been planning her escape and slowly rationing off her magic so that she could finally have enough to break through the barrier that had held her captive in that shrine these many years. Dot, dot, dot. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, so she's been sniped. So she's putting her magic in the hourglass? Yeah, yeah. And, and she's giving her magic to some, to the prince. She's giving her magic... To the servant from the prince that she was supposed to marry, I'm going to legitimately say that she loves him. And I think it's her last day because she's been planning her escape for the last three years. So this whole shrine thing that she's in is there for her to train in magic and her abilities. I think that that's where the the grand sorcerer, the wizard that you had mentioned, he's Mm -hmm. there in the shrine with her. It's a training ground for her to improve her magical abilities. Is he aware of the fact that she's given away her magic? No, no. So is this no longer a timepiece that controls time? It could be. It could be connected to that. But I think what she's been doing, I think that she generates like the a magic. decoy of sorts. Uh, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that working as well. I, I kind of see her generating magic mm-hmm. um, and she's storing it inside the hourglasses. And so it's a very slow process, but it kind of like builds up, turned it into like little glowing grains of sand. So is she and she's literally, storing it inside. Is she literally giving her magic away so someone else is able to take it in them? Or is it like it goes into the object and nobody's able to claim it? And it's just a way for her that she has found to get rid of her magic. Uh, getting rid of her magic. I wasn't thinking of, of her getting away or getting rid of her magic. I was kind of thinking that magical energy probably is finite. Or that it just generates, and that in mm-hmm. order for her to plan her escape from the shrine, she had to have her magic built up. So she's been storing it in these hourglasses so that when she actually does make her escape, she has enough magic to break free. So okay. whoever is taking so the hourglasses... She, so she isn't losing her magic. Yeah, she's, she's just, storing it. She's just producing magic to then store and put them in these little time turner vials that... Time can turner. be used. Well, time turner. Okay, you can see where I got my inspiration from. So, <laughs> you've been thinking about that little keychain. <laughs> I'm sad I had to take it off my my keychain. <laughs> Anyways, and so she's the time, the time, the hourglass, um, hourglass, the hourglass 
can be used to manipulate time, but she's been using faux hourglasses to store and to collect. Yeah, yeah to store to store her magic. Um, so the question and- is, how how is she doing this under the wizard's nose and he's not... Well, like, the wizard doesn't know everything, everything. She still is, you know, the princess, which means that she mm-hmm. still has her royal responsibilities. So maybe part of, I, maybe magic rationing is part of wizard training. Like, okay. you know, for wartime efforts. So maybe this is what she's supposed to be doing. But instead of giving it to her servant to take it back to the royal palace and storing it there, she's actually giving it to a decoy servant who's secretly storing it for her um, so that she can it, grab it when she needs it. It makes it sound like she's a prisoner. I think she is a prisoner. I I think that she's being held there because the royal family didn't want to give her up the way that they were supposed to. Maybe she wanted to actually leave. And so she then became bond, like a bondage situation. Yeah. So And so she's her- still training, but... Yeah, I think she's ready and to get out. And it makes it sound like her parent, like, is her parents doing this for love? Or are they doing this as well, a- the age-old question. Does her parents love her? I, it could be a, maybe this is your responsibility. Yes, we mm-hmm. love you, but you should also love your people. And therefore, your responsibility is not only to us, your family, but to your kingdom. And so the last day is the last day in her kingdom before yeah. fleeing- before she and makes her escape, up with his kingdom mm-hmm. and the dark she's, of night. So, really, what she's doing is she's deserting her post. She's deserting her responsibilities, and in an act, probably shedding her title. Mm. So then, the question is: When she gets to the kingdom, mm-hmm. this other kingdom with the prince, does that quiet the war? Does that perpetuate the war? Does that awaken the parents? <laughs> like, oh, maybe we should be better parents and not. Oh, it could go both ways. Ah. I'm going to say that it escalates the war. Especially, okay, but think about this realistically. If she does indeed escape, right? Like Mm -hmm. she's planning to, and she's in over her head. And can can the parents, like, could could this whole thing be, like, made out to look like she didn't escape by her own free will? That maybe she was oh, like manipulated the propaganda into it. must be humongous. Because I this. bet there, there's a lot of propaganda in the press working against her and even her oh, yeah, she's the been own kidnapped. dignitaries she's of been... her kingdom. Yeah. Uh-huh. And but so... even when she gets there, is she held captive against mm. her will suddenly? Because I'm going to assume th- this is kind of like the a worst, Romeo and Juliet type situation The worst fears manifested. Now. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is the beginning of the story is her escape. And I'm going to assume, okay, this is like full-on Romeo and Juliet. These two sides really don't like each other. And now that she is gone, if they were to see her, they would probably seize her as this is now an opportunity. Because he's not talking to his parents, I'm going to guess. You know, them working in secret. But Well, but then again, maybe they are part of her escape. Maybe they're, uh, it could go both ways. Um, I think for for the time being, it could be a very interesting story to have her actually be captured yeah. by and the see, other side. This and doesn't have to necessarily be the beginning of the story as well, because True. this could be the climax. Because I feel like we do need to wrap this up, but I don't mm-hmm. want to leave it on a cliffhanger because I want our dear. Um, what did we name her? Oh my gosh, sir, we <laughs> named her Julia. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Julia. What? 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 Is there something to that? Romeo and Juliet. Her name is Julia. Oh, there you go. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> that was not intentional, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was not. That was completely coincidental. How funny. So his name is Romero. Oh my goodness. No, I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, there has to be happy ending at some point. I mean, obviously there's going to be more bumps in the road. But Oh yeah, yeah. Let's just assume that by the end of the story, the conflicts are worked out. The truth is unveiled. <laughs> it is You're just made skipping known. everything. <laughs> what? You're just skipping everything. <laughs> well, there's this podcast can only be so long. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But I mean, I feel like so many times we leave these things and we're like, okay, here's an idea for a story. Stop. Well, but that's what it's about. It's about generating ideas. But finish your idea. Finish your I like happy happy endings as well. (laughs) The story will have a happy ending. Mm -hmm. But I guess the true story, though, is how do we get to that happy ending? Mm -hmm. Because obviously there's a lot of. Uh, Yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. But. There will be a happy ending. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad we got there. <laughs> I like being specific. They do have a very long journey ahead, especially if she is held captive and he's now trying to break her free again. I hate the idea, though, of the princess being rescued. I feel like that is so oversaturated. She needs to rescue herself. She She's already rescued herself the first time, right? Because mm-hmm. she's the one that's escaping from her current so she went from one mess to another mess. So exactly it's resolving this other mess. So really the question is, how much are you going to pay the price for, for the person that you love? How much mm-hmm. does she really know this person? Like that's another huge question. And right? how much it, does he really love her or is he using her? Possibly. Which again could really stir up a, a whole other plot of story on that aspect. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that things will get resolved, but I I kind of see that her resolve might be not siding with either kingdom. I, I, I what think... if she falls in love with a librarian? <laughs> <laughs> Randomly. What if it's the wizard? What if the wizard comes and rescues her back from the kingdom? <laughs> <laughs> this is not an old white beard wizard. This is a sexy beard. No, this I, is I'm sexy. so down for sexy beard, <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> this is a sexy wizard. Who is within age. He's in his 30s. He's yeah, a young yeah, wizard. He's a very mm-hmm. accomplished 30-something wizard. Mm-hmm. Very cute. Mm-hmm. But she's so single-minded on the whole prince thing that she overlooks the fact that the wizard has her best. What if this becomes, this is a triangle, and she thought she loved the prince, and she realized the prince was using her because he didn't want to be caught up in an arranged marriage himself. And what if she is eventually rescued by the wizard? I like that. I do think that triangles are used a lot. Uh, I I kind of wonder, okay, 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 okay. Let's flip this on its head, okay? Okay. What if she is using the prince and she does not love the prince, but it right now is the best escape method that she's come up with. And so she's actually using him and his goodwill uh, to try and get out. And she actually doesn't have feelings for him. But what if it's a military ploy? Like she's off. It looks like she's offering herself up <gasps> that she's going to the other kingdom. But what oh, but if she's it actually then becomes plant. an act where she's oh. working now on the inside? And what if she has secretly fallen in love with the wizard in those last 10 years since they've okay, been working I'm, together? I'm down for that story. <laughs> because, primarily because I think that there's this is one of those where I'm now trying to decide who the main character is. Because if the wizard is the main character, you would make the princess the side character? 
No, in all no, this? she would have to be the main no, character. No, she has to be the main character. But it's it's just how much do you reveal to your audience? Because this has yeah. a lot of twists and turns now. Yeah. Of like, does she have feelings for the prince or does she not have feelings? Because she you has like- been studying with a sexy <laughs> wizard for 10 years. <laughs> I mean, they've grown up together now, right? Yeah. If she was 17 in a and he was, way. he was 20. <laughs> He was okay. a very talented you know twenty-something wizard. Now he's a very talented thirty-something. What wizard. if what if they were actually training at the same time? So this is going back to the beginning of her magic. He's and maybe a very they young. Had, and they apprentice. had like an, another another yeah. teacher. Yep. So they had so the they same were students. teacher, and maybe he actually has to routinely go on wartime efforts. And mm. during one of those, the grandmaster wizard was lost, and so now it's just the two of them that are like picking up. And they're continuing to grow together. So they're much more on the peer side of things, but he's the one that's been given the new title. Mm-hmm. And so this is like this grand ploy. And to- how much does the prince and the wizard not know? Because she is having to work independently to try to resolve the conflict that has arisen that she feels responsible for. So this yeah. is a way of her resolving the conflict mm-hmm. and a way of trying to end what she has unfortunately began. Of course, mm-hmm. it's not her fault that she was set up in the arranged marriage in the first place because it's like yeah. out of her control. But at the same time, she feels very much responsible for what's going on. And yeah. so her escaping and without the wizard knowing because he would have stopped her is yeah. a way for her to go and get in the thick of it all to try to stop mm-hmm. the war on the other side. Yeah. And I mean, okay, if we're looking at the prince, what if if this is a plot between her and the prince, what mm-hmm. if the relationship is completely platonic? In that she for her, it's like, okay, I was arranged to marry you. And for him, it's like, yeah, I was arranged to marry you too. I didn't have a choice in this. Mm-hmm. And so they have a very platonic. And so they've been communicating. But could there on have been how feelings, do we stop the war? But at, could there have been feelings at some point? Probably. Um and, and then they it, grew at least out of a friendship. It. I think that these are two characters that are that feel trapped in the same system. Mm-hmm. And so for her, it's... So he's no longer using her. I think that we're going to paint this that they might... One might be using the other. And I think one of the reveals is that, nope, nope, this is way more platonic. And mm-hmm. her escape served both of them as an attempt to finally end the war. And to end the arranged marriage. And end the arranged marriage. Um, and build one. a new treaty. I think the whole point of this is we need a treaty that saves both of our kingdoms that doesn't force this type of peace offering that she was supposed to be. And I think the her wizard buddy, the the guy that she actually does like, chasing sexy after her. <laughs> sexy beard. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Sexy Beard. Um Grandmaster Sexy Beard. Uh, I think even really like guys with beards. But there are some guys who are really sexy with beards. I will not lie. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, but I think, I think him getting involved is what mucks up the whole plan. Mm-hmm. Because I think it, him getting involved makes it look like that's when both nations start spinning out all of their their politics, all of their propaganda. She does get captured, and maybe maybe the wizard and the prince have to actually you know, work together to to go rescue her now this time. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a team effort. I, I don't know. I think that this is a wild adventure that could yeah. easily be I want to write this story now. This sounds kind of fun. 
it be my guest. I would love to see yeah. what you write with this. That would be cool. Anyways, and I've decided that Sexy Beard would make a really great pirate's name. <laughs> <laughs> Black That's beard it. I'm calling this up. Ep- I, I am calling this episode <laughs> the Sexy Beard. <laughs> Just Sexy Beard. Sexy Beard. Okay. Sexy okay. Beard. <laughs> with the theme being princess. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. I approve. Sexy beard to the rescue. Wait. No, just sexy beard. Let's sexy just leave beard. it. Okay. Let's just leave it, you know. You guys get to uh discover the I mean, we're already here. We're we're here <laughs> we're, already. We're okay. here. We're not the end, but this is how we got to that point. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for it. I love it. Cool. I I feel like this is a great foundation to yeah. to now really explore a new world. I want to know more about how like this magic system. If some mm. people have it, like, what is it exactly? How is she able to actually store it like a battery? That's yeah. all interesting to me. What does it have to do with time? Does it have anything to do with time? What if they're just batteries and she's making batteries? I don't know. But <laughs> I feel like there's a lot going on here that I really want to sink my teeth into. Um, I want to get to know Sexy Beard a little bit more, not going to lie. Um, I do too. And yeah, <laughs> I, I think that this is great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah, for uh, helping me write a princess story. Yeah, thank you. And um, I think that's it. Do you have anything <laughs> left for our audience today? <laughs> no, just have fun and create really cool stuff. And if all else fails, write yourself a sexy beard and all of your problems will be solved. Oh my gosh, I think all <laughs> my problems would be solved right now if I had a sexy beard in my life. <laughs> If you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter by going to Creators PB Pod. You can search for us on Facebook at Creators Playbook. And the hashtag for this episode, if you want to talk about this episode, is going to be down in the show notes. We hope you guys have a wonderful day. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> Creators Playbook is a Talea Studios production. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at contact at creatorsplaybook.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We cannot wait to see what you make.